millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Hello and welcome to the Come Along Pond podcast, one of the po- Doctor Who podcasts, one of them. As per usual, you're joined by your favourite hosts, Elliot and... Damla. <laughs> Lovely to see you, as always. How are um, you doing? Oh my god, I feel like I haven't seen you in literally five years, except... I know. I, I, I did see it. you earlier today. Oh, uh, and because it's only been an hour, nothing has happened. There, there is, is no, no news, guys. <laughs> Nothing nothing has developed in that time. Uh, however, in that hour break, I, I, I was watching Big Finish trailers. Oh, I did you? In my life and I'm very sad. I'm very sad and on brand all the time. I um, was hanging my washing because adulting. <laughs> I was taking mine down. <gasps> Were you? Babe. The, the exciting life of adults. <laughs> well, let's just get into the episode, shall we? Let's go. back to talk about series 10 no series 10 series 10 god i hope not hope not um so we're talking about episode 10 of series one of doctor who the doctor dances it was broadcast on the 28th of may 2005 it was once again directed by james halls and it was also once again written by stephen moffat the moth bag the moth bag, the moth ball. Okay, sorry, I have to just, I actually have to just say, the Big Blue Box podcast, who we love here, um, calls him the moth bag. So that's the only time I'm referencing him as the moth bag because that's their thing and it's actually very funny. But I had to say okay. it once okay. at least. So there okay. you go. I like moth. I like moth balls. Moth balls. Uh, I'm just gonna call him the moth. The moth. Yeah. David Hasselmoth. David Hasselmoth. Yeah. Oh God. I yeah. bet he gets called so many different things. 
Yeah, but he hates all of them. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> As he should, because they're annoying. <laughs> sorry. Not sorry. <laughs> um, I know what Google thinks this episode's about. I know what IMDb thinks this episode's about, but I want to know what you think it's about. You, over there, that I'm looking at right now, but they can't see that I'm looking at you, but I'm looking at you. Tell me what you think it's about. She's looking right at me, folks. Can can confirm. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think this episode... You know, I, I should have again. That's why we like this because it's off the cuff. But I am having trouble thinking of. You're struggling. Something immediately hilarious to say. Well, yeah, because it needs to be funny. If it's not funny, how how are the public going to like me? But you know, I can't be funny all the time. No. Um, <laughs> uh, it's about the important, beautiful, and valid nature of polyamorous relationships. Do you know what? I can't even beat that. That's actually. It's actually facts. It's actually just facts. Thank you. No, there's nothing to thank because it's the facts. All you did was state facts. That's all you did. Yeah, yeah. It's still nice to know that I'm right, isn't it? So. <laughs> well, do you know what I think it's about? Uh, please do tell me. Enlighten me. It's about the importance of potassium. That's what it's about. It's about the importance of potassium in polyamorous relationships. Oh, always eat a banana before you... Polyam. Polyam. <laughs> <laughs> no, literally. Um, yeah. Sorry, this is not. Yeah, this is not. This is. I, I'm. I'm fully endorsing a folly. No, we fully are. We're actually very supportive of that on the podcast. Not a joke. Yeah. Not a joke. Genuinely supportive of it. Also, always eat a banana before an exam. I thought. I thought you had to say before. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Let's move why, on. Uh, let's yeah, move on. Yeah. Why? Why before? Why before an exam? What is that? Because uh, before every exam I did at school, they were like, "Eat a banana." It helps with brain things. And do you know what? I think it worked as a placebo because I actually think I did all right in the exams where I ate a banana before it. It helps with brain things. Brain things. Something. But then also I was mm-hmm. really bad at school. My grades weren't great. So I don't really know what I'm talking as about. As if you'd eaten a tangerine or something and said how much work you could have done. Tangerine. In the Sorry, pocket of my dressing thing. gown. Satsuma. A Satsuma. I love the way he says stuff. Uh, me too. David Tennant. We love <laughs> not you. As much as, not as much as I love the way Chris Ruckerson says, go to your room. Oh, beautiful uh, segue. Beautiful segue. Oh, because in Aliens of London and World War Three, I was talking about how much I hate the crummy cliffhanger resolve. All, yes. Where he just rips the thing off his chest. And I was like, oh, I don't like that. Whereas in this one, I do. Because even though it's super convenient, it's really funny. But do you know what's really funny about it, mate? Do you know what it's really funny? Is No, go on. When you when I start watching this second part, I always forget this. I'm not going to forget it from now on because now I've made a mental note. But I always seem to forget how long the um, previously on bit is. Mm. And you're like, why is it going on for so long? And then you realise it's literally leading into the episode. Yeah, it's, it's cool. a brilliant bit of editing, I can't lie. And I just love the... Like, the thing is, obviously, it informs the story as well. Yeah. Right, like it doesn't make things more complicated. Like we thought, the aliens of London World War Three thing made it a bit complicated, whereas this sort of tells you that they're a hive mind; they're all going through the same thing. Yes, and yeah, that's just excellent delivery. I love the. I mean, there's a reason why "Go to Your Room" is in our is in our intro. Mm-hmm. And I love the love the those would have been terrible last words. I love it. It's like I'm very very cross with you. I, my favorite joke in the whole two episodes. It's it's fantastic. Yeah. It's brilliant. And it's it's so clever because it's like, that is, you have to remember that's a little kid. That's just like kind of frozen mindset. Yeah. So you have to talk to them or talk to all of them like they're children. No, you can't have your ice cream. And you can't have, no, yeah, no. Leave me alone. You will sit on the naughty step and you will not get to watch telly. <laughs> you don't get to watch Doctor Who tonight. But yeah, I feel like genuinely this... This opener is pretty good. I just again, like I said, I love the way it it flows into the previously on, and then goes straight into the episode. Yeah, that's the thing. It's something that you don't actually sort of get much of anymore. But like, and I'm sorry to bore you with the words I'm about to say. <laughs> something they used to do a lot in classic Doctor Who. Oh, it doesn't bore me. Stop saying that. I don't want people think people people to think that. No, but it's just become my like catchphrase is how can I now also talk about the classic series? True, true, true. true on a, true. on a podcast where it's kind of only half relevant at the moment. Um but 
there's actually because there's a lot of missing episodes where actually the like last thirty seconds of the episode exists because it's also the first thirty seconds of the next episode that does exist. Yes, which is always just like really fun. Sometimes they do get like truncated down. Yeah, and bits get cut out. But yeah, generally, like all episodes flow into one another, especially in the really early days. Yeah, Hartnell and Trout, and they like. Literally, they just, it feels like they've shot one long thing and they've just gone in and chopped it up with a with a razor. Fun times. Fun times. Now, let's talk about another fun time that happened at the start of this episode. Mm. When Nancy read that man to filth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. She read him to filth. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that scene. Oh, okay. Tell me more. Tell me more. Well, because I really like Nancy... You know, she's kind of like Moffat's, like, proto, you know, strong, sassy female who, you know, just knows Not everything. like typical, though. Not like typically, I would say. No, but, it's like, it's... No, like, I don't think she's a cliche, but it's, like, something that I think he's very interested in as a writer. Yes. Um. So, you know, she feels like the, sort of the first version of that that we sort of then get later on in the show, but not in a, oh, it feels derivative kind of way. Um, And she's performed... She acts really well. And the, like, scene is quite funny. But, I don't know, there's just something about the... I don't know, like, something about the... The... Oh, you know, you're, everyone thinks your wife's messing around with the butcher. She's not, but you are. I don't know, like... It, okay? Like, it feels like you're meant to go, Oh, wow, that the fat, ugly man is actually gay. That's hilarious. But it just kind of... Oh, makes see, you go, I didn't take it like that. Like, I don't know, I, I can't... I can never work out what he's trying to say and like I don't know it, it, it's, it comes off slightly as a little bit mean especially because the character hasn't really done anything to be that's the thing I feel like he's framed as a very he, uh, he, he's framed as a bit of a foil even though like someone literally did break into his home and see his food um, and then the only evidence that is given for him being a bit of a foil and a bit of a weird man is because he's sleeping with a butcher I don't know, it's just a bit strange. It doesn't, it's not bad, it's yeah. not bad, it's not bad or wrong, but it never also 100% sits right with me and my brain at the same time. Right, do you know what, I get where you're coming from though, I do, because I actually, you've made me just break that down, because I feel like we always do see him as a bit of a villainy kind of guy, not villain, but a bad person, but he's not actually a bad person, the only way he's bad is that he's like not sticking to rationing, which isn't fair on anyone else, um, but like, you know... Someone did break into his house. Yeah. Literally sat at his table and violated his house. Like, that's not okay. And, you know, he... I mean, obviously, he's cheating on his wife, which isn't cool, but at the same time, he's obviously extremely closeted and all of but that, so... Yeah. But that's the thing, and then if it was the other way around, if she had been cheating on him, then it would have been framed as, like, because of how the character's built up. If she had been cheating on it, it'd be like, yeah, oh, yeah, that's because you're a pathetic, you know, like, little man. Like, that sort of seems to be the implication... Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it just... I don't know. It's not... Say, there is, noth- there is nothing inherently wrong with it, but it also never sits right with me. I feel like the intention doesn't land. I will me. say, though, let's not forget, his wife is Heather Butcher from EastEnders. <laughs> is she actually? Yeah, she actually is. That because, is actually like, the actress. I know she looks a lot like her, but I've never sort of actually dug into it. it so that's pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, Heather Trot. She plays he- she plays Heather Trot, not Heather Butcher. Can I just say, guys? Sorry, My- I don't know where I got Heather Butcher from. Me either. But hey, I've never really watched these tenders, so I know what Heather looks like. But yeah, you know, it's like one of those things where I was like, oh, she does kind of look like her, but actually, I I don't, you know. Yes. So, I right this episode on reflection, on rewatch, on further pondering, and all of that, it's not actually as good as I remember it being. No, it's even even though I was kind of critical of the first part, mostly for it not being as good as people remember. I don't think the first part is terrible. I think this is a really poor follow up. It's do you know what it is? It's what we said in the Empty Child episode, the episode before this. And if you haven't listened to it, what are you doing? It should have been a one whole episode. It just I think as one episode, it would be really strong. Because they're so they so like they get to the thing. At it's the fillery, end. isn't it? It is fillery. Yeah, like when they when they get to the train yard. Yeah. So they're so long, just having conversations, standing around the thing, and it's like just do do something. 
Yeah, literally. Do something. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I will say, though, I love when Rose and the Doctor are trapped in the little room. Obviously, Jack beams himself up to his little ship. And then they realise that, like, there's a connection between Jack being able to communicate with them through a broken radio with, like, a speaker. And then the um, gas mask... Yeah, it, like as well. the episode. The thing is, the episode actually does have some nice little character moments. It re- oh, that bit in the room, right, where Rose is just on the wheelchair, iconic. First of all, mm-hmm. and then you know the doctor's like, "You just assume that I can't dance," <laughs> and Rose is like, "Well, if you've got the moves, show me your moves." And do you know what I love about the delivery of that mm. so much? I feel like it's half Billy Piper breaking character, but also half Rose just, like, laughing internally at the Doctor yeah. dancing. Like, I think it's a perfect mix of Billy and Rose coming together in that moment. I don't know about you, but just her, it's like she's always about to break character, but also it's so perfectly yeah, in character. holds her hand out, yeah. Or it's like, the, the, the world doesn't end if the Doctor dances or something, and then he's like, Rose, I'm trying to resonate concrete. Oh, there's my quote. Gone, isn't it? That's oh, my quote as well. Endless, so f- uh, so it's so funny. So show me your moves, Rose. I'm resonating concrete. It's very funny. Okay, what we're gonna do is by the time we get to the end of this, we're gonna pick a new one. Oh yeah, I'll have found a new one. It's fine. Yeah, I'll find one too. I'm just saying that would have be been easy. my that would have been my top choice. Would have been same. Rose, like, I'm resonating Rose, concrete. I'm resonating literal concrete, bitch. Like, oh uh, god. Um, yeah, like I think this also as well has uh, really nice like scares in it. Oh yeah, this one has better scares than the first one. Like, can we discuss? Sorry, sorry. Can we discuss? Obviously, when the doctor says, "Go to your room," you've been very, very naughty or whatever, and then later on they're in the room and he's like, "This is its room," because obviously the tape ended about ten seconds before. That's the thing, the, those, both the scares that are really good, even though they're essentially the same scare, both the scares are really good because they rely on you listening to the soundtrack. Yeah. Like, they rely on you listening to diegetic sound to hear the... Yeah, like, if, you, if you're if you eager-eared in that scene, you can hear the tape spooling. Yeah. And you'd be like, well, hang on a sec. But yeah. yeah, and that's really creepy, yeah. Which is like, it's yeah. kind of like... Do you know what it's kind of like? You know in Blink? Mm-hmm when the Doctor's pre-recorded video ends and you realise they're on their own. Uh, it's that yeah. kind of vibe. Oh, it even sends a chill down my spine thinking about it. Yeah, or it just goes, and that's the end of the transcript, I'm afraid. Oh, like, my God. No, yeah. literally, every time I watch that episode, I'm like, what? Like, what are you doing? That I'm, I actually can never watch that. We'll talk about it when we get to that episode, but I can never watch that episode or this one on my own, I have to have someone in the house. I mean, there are so many good, like... We might have to do, like, a, a list of Doctor Who scares. Oh, yeah, we'll probably do a special episode, yeah. I mean, like, you know, midnight when Sky first starts repeating things. Oh, my God, stop, like, stop, 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 Or, of course, stop. personal favourites of mine uh, um, in a two-parter that I may or may not adore is uh, when you get, like... I don't know, like, uh, when, when um, Danny's going through the, the base and you get the, like... Op- open door 14. He's like, yeah, open door 14. Yes, oh, God, do you ever shut up? She goes, open door 13. He says, oh, open door 13. Then she goes, he's awake. Yeah. It's like, Egh. yeah, <laughs> I hate literally. it, I hate it. It's so creepy. Also, I did tell a lie just then. I did actually watch this episode that we're talking about today on my own, so I don't know why I lied. Usually I can't. I think it's oh. because it's so sunny today and that, like, I had the doors open, like, the vibe was just fine. But still, with Blink, I cannot watch that. I was going to say, yeah. I thought you meant Blink anyway, so... Yeah, no, I can't watch Blink on my own. I have to be... Someone has to be in the house with me. Uh, I, unfortunately, have no choice. Nobody wants to watch Talk To With Me. Um, it upsets me that we don't live closer together because <laughs> we would just record every week together. I also enjoy horror films. So do I. But, like, as a sort of hobby and pastime that I watch on my own. <laughs> That's Yeah, fair enough. I can't watch them <laughs> on my own still. I still can't watch them on my own. But I watch the, it's not one of my favourite genres, to be fair. Yeah, no, I was going to say, I know you really love horror, but yeah, but yeah like it's one of those things where I like... my favourite genre, period dramas. Sub-genre, yeah. sorry. Yeah. There you go, guys. I'm really yeah. glad that we got that out there. Um, yeah. Well done, everybody. But yeah, I, I love going back to what we were talking about when they're in the room and you think the Doctor's about to dance with her and then he looks at her hands and he just he's like, hold on, weren't you suspended in the air on rope? 
Why are your hands literally... Why are you, like, not covered in any cuts or anything? And then, you know, it's starting to click. The Nana Jean thing is starting to click a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also love how they were, like, transported to Jack's ship after that, by the way. That was... Because I, 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 genu- I still don't even notice. Yeah. You're a bit like, no, like that's, so, that's so well done. That's such a seamless cut. Well done, editor, whoever you are. Yeah. Congratulations. But it always makes me go, oh, don't... Oh, they were so close. They were so close. <laughs> as you can see on this podcast, well, as you can hear, we have very mixed feelings about Nine and Rose, the ship, the ship itself. We have we have many ponderings and thoughts. Um, yeah. Feel free to read the fan fiction we've written. No, I'm joking. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's, I don't know, it's hard, because like you say, I, I do, it sort of does initially make me feel uncomfortable, but the more we get to know them, and the more you sort of loosen into the docks, or you kind of understand it, and I think I know it's because two and... Yeah, I know it's because uh, her and Ten are about to come along. Yes, I think and that's I didn't, what it is. I didn't think I kind of was like into them that much. And then, you know, Jack comes along and starts flirting with her. And I'm like, you know, get a, get away. Get away, you <laughs> scoundrel. I do, though, I do love... I do think Jack is quite funny in this episode. He's better. Um, he's better in this half. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I also really love, I mean, I mentioned it in part one, but Nancy just gets even stronger in this part two. Like, I think she genuinely, genuinely, she just, she's just fascinating. And I just think she's really interesting. And it does annoy me that we don't explore her more. Like, I know that sounds silly because she's in a lot of the episode, but a lot of the two-parter as well. But like... Yeah, but she, she I think it's a, it's a testament to the actor. Yeah. That she is in it so much, but she has... So little character, really, but is still memorable and a really likable part of the episode. Yeah, get, come back into acting. If you, if you guys uh, again didn't listen to the Empty Child episode, we were talking about how like she hasn't acted since like two thousand and eight. Yeah, quite a long time now. Which is quite a shame, but there you go. Yeah. Um, go back to go to Big Finish. We'll get a Nancy box set. Oh my god! Yeah, it'll it'll happen. It'll happen. Um, I do think. In the grand scheme of it, if we're going to talk about Nancy, we might as well talk about how the, the, the gas mask creatures, if you will, the empty children. Again, I still can't decide what I want to call them. Um, how Obviously, how that whole thing is. I mean, let's talk about the actual design. Let's talk about the, the creation of this creature slash being slash whatever. Because I really mm-hmm. wanted to talk about this, because in part one, you can't really talk about it as much. And I really want to discuss it with you. What's your take on it? Because I think the whole nanogene thing is really interesting. Because obviously it's introduced when... It's like... Because when you first see it... Well, for me anyway, when I first saw it... um, I, Because obviously Rose's hands were like, you know, burnt. Like she had friction burn from the rope. And then the little nanogenes come down. You're like, oh, cool, tech from the American... Um, time agent from the future slash con man whatever but then you realise it's literally they are that's like it's it's quite interesting yeah if not convenient towards the end <laughs> yeah I don't know I feel really complicated I feel like you're smarter than me so I feel like you need to tell me what you think I mean I don't really I don't I don't, I don't really know what you're asking so what I'm asking... Sorry, I know that's <laughs> no, no, really no, bad. it's fine. I don't, no, 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 like, I, I, I I'm not making sense. With, yeah, I was, no, I was just kind of vibing with your point about the nanogenes maybe being convenient, but I sort of don't really... Yeah. What I mean by that is it's a really interesting thing that got introduced, but it's kind of something you forget about. And then, like, they come back at the end and suddenly nanogenes are a thing that haven't seen... They haven't seen humans before, and that's why when they found Jamie's dead body... Mm. They resurrected him, which, whoa, whoa, that's a big deal, isn't it? I just find that whole thing a bit convenient. Yeah, yeah, it's, um, because I was going to say, why don't the nanogenes on Jack's ship kind of not know what humans are? But I guess, you know, like, if it's if it's a warship that has human people on it, or, like, Jack's been able to be like, yeah, look, I'm a human, this is, you know, then that's, okay, that's fair enough. Um... But yeah, it's definitely the idea of it being nanogenes that tried to sort of, like I say, save a, a child from an accident is 
interesting. I feel like full on resurrections a bit. Um, that much. it's just a bit much for me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like if he hadn't actually died, but had sort of you know was was like blown up or something. You know, like hit by hit by a bomb, but wasn't actually wasn't dead, and they restored his. Yeah, but they, they. I don't know because I think because they bring him back to life because he still has his injuries. I don't know. It's not really clear to me because he yeah. has that scar on his hand. The scar on the hand. So I assume that's meant to be like ah oh, because he got injured. The Nana Jeans copied a, 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 literally every injury and everything he had because they thought this is what humans should be like. But then how did they know to bring it back? Bring Jamie back to life if they didn't know what? Do you see what I'm saying? Like it's all and, very. Yeah, and why? Why? Why, if they if they brought him back to yeah, like so, I know it's yeah, it's meant to be what they think humans look like, but like surely they'd be able to tell that the cut on his hand is an injury rather than just a superficial, yeah. you know, yeah, piece of yeah. I don't know. I, I think don't it would have made more sense. Do you know what? I think it would have made more sense if they didn't know what humans look like. That's fine. That would that I get that in the grand scheme of things, but it's the it's the replicating all of the injury stuff like you said like they're literally inherently what they are is they heal right that's what they are and i feel like it would have made more sense if it was like oh we didn't know what humans look like so the gas masks are just put on them kind of thing because that's what they think humans are supposed to look like and then um, that's how they speak so then they have to repeat those words because that's what they think the language is or something i don't know that maybe sounds a bit silly i'm not trying to say embarrassed Stephen moffat or anything but like that's just off the top of my head you know yeah, no, I I agree. Like I said, I think it is a bit like it's not hard to follow, but it is a bit convoluted. Yeah, just to end. So just to end what I was saying about it, I do think it's a clever twist, but at the same time, it's not. So really, I don't know what I'm saying. And it feels like this episode feels like it's a twist upon a twist upon a twist with a twist and a you know. But that's too many more twists. Up for you. Yeah, and only one of them could be satisfying. None of them are. Nope. It's just, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I will say. Uh, a fun thing that I feel like I've, I wanted to touch on at the start was the whole, you know, Jack and the Doctor kind of comparing gadgets. Yeah, I mean, because they never really stop that, do they? No. It's like, oh, it's Sonic, let's just leave it at that. Sonic what? Screwdriver! <laughs> yeah, and I love the way he's like, yeah, he's like, who has a Sonic screwdriver? He's like, yeah, well, you ever need to put up shelves in the middle of the night? Like... Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so it never really ends, because, I mean, you have the... Uh, yeah, the the vortex manipulator is like yeah, he's like oh yeah, I've got a sports car, you've got a space hopper. Literally, the way Freeman says boys and their toys will never not please me. Oh, Freeman. Um, but yeah, like I like I like that. Um, the only thing the only thing I think about because I like the beginning where they're kind of running through the hospital and yeah. trying to escape. It is interesting. I feel like this is Stephen Moffat having his cake. And also eating several whole slices of it. Yeah. Where the weapons factory on Villain Guard is funny. Like, it's a good... It's it's a typical Stephen Moffat, you know, we're going to make the Doctor sound like a really cool mercenary badass. But it's a funny line, Chris delivers it well. But that yeah. joke just doesn't stop. And it gets... it With diminishing returns. But what do you mean, though? Because... They do that, and he's like, yeah. It's like, oh, there's a banana grove there now. I like bananas. And then there's, like, another three references to bananas. But that first time was funny. I don't need more banana it, jokes. It's just enough. It would, yeah. It's been, bananas are good. Yeah, bananas are good. But then, like, they say that later on. And, yeah, he stows a banana in his pocket. He's like, yo, it's like, you don't need a follow-up to that. I don't know. It just, like... Yeah, I agree. I totally yeah. agree with you. If he just, yeah, said, yeah, yeah. he just said, there's a banana grove now there on Villain God. I like bananas. Bananas are good. They could have just ended that there, but yeah. Because also potassium done. Yeah, but yeah. But he pulls the banana out and he's like, "Yeah, it's like I told you, I did that thing on Villain Guard. Bananas are good." It's like, yeah, we we. Yeah, I agree. No, no, I'm, I'm got, with you. We got it, but that is so. Moffat though, isn't it? Like it's very Moffat. Yeah, you know, like I, I like I, for me, it feels like, and there's, there's nothing wrong with this. It's just a personal taste thing. But I hear it, and I especially bananas are good. It makes me cringe slightly because it. Make it throws me back to sort of twenty twelve bow ties are cool fezzes, you know, fish fingers and custard, like trying to come up with the quirkiest thing you can think of for the doctor to say and do, so people can like oh, make edits like with them on Tumblr. It. 
Uh, hey. I know, I know. I'm just saying that, you know, it's Guys, a particular... I will talk about the Tumblr phase <laughs> one day, I promise. I've been, I've been holding it from you. I've been teasing it from you, but the Tumblr days were something. I'm just saying, like, it's not, it's, it was never something about the show that I liked. I don't, I don't like contrived quirkiness. What makes Tom Baker so good is that he is really weird and quirky and he just carries loads of stuff in his pockets. But like Matt Smith, I love Matt Smith, but he's quite a sort of just generic man. And they're always like, say something wacky. It always feels like he's going, I don't really want to like, say something wacky. So I, was like, I don't want to. <laughs> like, but Chris Ruckerson has enough sort of swagger where he can say bananas are good and it just sort of go, yeah, okay. Agreed. Okay. To be fair, Nine could say... <laughs> Nine could say that courgette is delicious and I'd believe him because I absolutely hate courgettes. Mm, yeah. Courgettes taste like poop. Mm, I don't know if I've ever eaten courgette. Yeah, don't. Yeah. One thing that I really liked, mm-hmm. because you know how we said in part one, we felt that conversation missing with where Rose talks to the companion, not the companion, what am I talking about? Rose is the companion. When Rose talks to the side character and has that moment, especially when it's a woman. Yeah. I really love it. We do get that in part, in this part. Yeah. Which is nice. And I love, love, love that Rose just couldn't help it. When she spoke to Nancy, she was like, we win the war. I loved it. I loved it. It just, made, it's just, it just put a smile on my face. I can't help it. I mean, you know... Nancy's like what they say twenty one. Yeah, it's not going to be a, I don't know, particularly great next few decades in Britain. But you know, it's nice to give her a bit of hope, isn't it? Yeah. Do you things know what? Are, I think it would have been really things only get worse. I think it would have been really interesting if we cut a lot of the filler out, and if they'd gone and visited Nancy when she was older, I would have loved to see how she how she was. Yeah. Like, did she actually? Do you know what? I'm going to do a headcanon. Sorry, can I just insert a headcanon right here? Insert. I'm going to insert. Oh, no. (laughs) Moving on, moving on. At least you said it. At least I said it. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Um, I think Nancy opened like an orphanage. Mm. I think she managed to get a really good job, uh, or she got compensation from the government for some for whatever happened. And um, because obviously the army locked her up and stuff, and they were like, "We're going to give you compensation for that." And then she got loads of money, and then she opened an orphanage for orphan kids. Nice. And her son took it over. Jamie. Yeah. And then and, and Jamie became Jamie from series four, five of Doctor Who and became the second Doctor's companion, even though he would have had to travel back to the Battle of Culloden. Headcanon complete, am I right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, sorry. Headcanon complete. Headcanon complete. <laughs> Thanks sorry. for that. You're very welcome. No, I, I yeah, like it would have been nice to have just a little, like, because I do it in so many episodes. It feels almost more like a ten thing. Yeah. 
He's much more of the sentimental type. He is sentimental, isn't he? Mm. That's why he and Rose he's, are so he's good such a wet talking. lettuce. Do you know what? Tem is such a wet lettuce sometimes. Yeah. Like, oh my I mean, god. I mean, his entire... Like, I love it. I love it. This is not a criticism. But yeah, his, the entire last thing you see his doctor doing is going and... Yeah, literally. Looking at people from a distance, you know. Like, <laughs> like my guy... He literally snogs a woman and then starts crying over a letter she wrote. Like you barely knew her. Chill out. I love him though. He's good for all. He's good for all the soft boys. No, I do love him. You know I love yeah. him. I love him, but sometimes I really don't. That's why I love him so much because I do love him and I don't sometimes. Yeah. Um, but this is not about ten. This is about nine. This is about our bestie Chris. Am I allowed to talk about British exceptionalism? Yes. Because something I really hate in Doctor Who <laughs> that sort of stems from my own kind of left-wing politics in the UK. Yes. I, I hate the worship of the Second World War as a sort yeah. of pinnacle of our country's history. Like, it just irks me. It doesn't ever de- doesn't ever detract from the things and the atrocities and the terrible things that happened and the people who fought during that war and the people who stayed at home. It doesn't ever detract from that. But my problem is is that whenever we have to cover the Second World War in an episode of Doctor Who, uh, they have to be like... The Doctor's always like, oh, it's like the worst conflict that humanity's ever seen. It's like, uh, but you're like uh, a thousand-year-old alien. You would have seen so much worse. Yeah. Like, I don't like... I don't know, I don't like when they ground him out of his character just so he can be, like, British TV's, you know, good guy who talks about how good we were during the Second World War. Yeah, and then, like, you know, with, like, you know, in, like, in Victory of the Daleks when he's, like, besties with Winston Churchill, it's like, oh, for God's sake. Oh, for God's sake. Like, Amy wouldn't be like, oh, that's Winston Churchill, and he would have immediately been like, oh, yeah, cool. I mean, you know, did some good things during the Second World War, but also led a genocide. I don't like Winston Churchill. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, I do, yeah, I really hate, I really hate British exceptionalism and Doctor Who. It's like why, I, yeah, like, I don't like, and, like, the ending of, um... It's a bit more. It's a bit more personal, I guess, to the story. But I don't like the ending of um, Family of Blood when they go and they stand with the poppies, and you know, like because it's just a bit like, well, you know, I know that like you knew people who died, but like it just feels like a really contrived message about like it feels like a way. It, it's it's tugging at your heartstrings on purpose to be like, you know, oh look, patriotic imagery because you're meant to sort of watch it and go, oh, that's really sad. But I just always sort of watch it and go, oh, it just really takes me out of it. I don't like it. Well, see, I, the way I feel about that scene is like, not to, again, we're not talking about that episode, but just I think it's necessary. Like, I do feel sad because of the old man, and old men make me cry. Fun fact: literally once I actually started crying on a bus because I saw an old man and I thought he was really cute and looked really sad, and I cried. I mean, like again, like I say, I feel like because they've lost people that they know in that episode, like it's a bit more of a fitting end. But it's still like that image of. Martha and, and the Doctor standing with poppies on like a ceremony is such like a uh, I don't know it feels so cliche and a bit kind of dirty kind of patriotism baity that sort of takes me away from the character personally I feel like Russell is enough of a cynic where he sort of doesn't ever have much there's not really much British exceptionalism in his tenure no no once we isn't. get once we get to Moffat and Chibnall it's quite sort of exceptionalism for me, it's just I still can't believe that they had Winston Churchill as... Uh, uh, yeah, let's not go there. We'll go there in that episode. But I agree with you. I do. I will say, though, I do love that, like, Rose did tell Nancy, like, that they win. I think that's lovely. Um, yeah, so it gives her a little bit of hope. Because, like, Nancy's fully convinced that the Germans are going. She's like, why aren't you German then? Like, fully just convinced. But, yeah, like, I, I don't know. I just... I, I couldn't not bring it up. I'm going to say something controversial... Alongside what you just said. Okay. Controversial take incoming. Three, two, one. You are you my mummy? Gets really annoying. Yeah, like that's. Oh my god! It gets yeah. no. It's not. It's not even like in a creepy way or like oh it's, oh it's getting annoying on purpose. I blah blah blah. No, it's just annoying now. Like it just gets really annoying. Yeah. Especially. Especially. When, you know, when, um, I mean, this bit's quite funny, I like this. You know when um, the Doctor, Rose and Jack are trying to distract the guard and Rose is like, let me step in, I'm all good. And then Jack's like, yeah, you're not his type. <laughs> Hilarious. I, yeah, I mean, I love that Rose has got the 
the confidence to be like, oh, I can do it. Yeah, literally in her little baby blue Timberland boots and her low-rise jeans. No, baby, no. Um... I mean, don't hang on, hang on. Let's not get it twisted. Don't get me wrong. Billy Piper could distract me from anything. Oh yeah. Don't get me wrong. I'm yeah, just no, saying. I'm, I'm saying I like that Rose Car- Rose Tyler has the confidence. Yeah. Yeah, to do that. That's what I like. But yeah, I love that. It's it's hilarious. It's really funny. And then like, but it, but it's like when he goes up to him and then he goes, "Are you my mummy?" That actor. I don't know why he delivered it the way he did. It was not good. And then he goes. And then he goes. <clears throat> and then suddenly. Yes, mask. Yes, mask. I will say that's gross as well. That really, no, but like in a good gross way, if that makes it like it yeah. actually creeped me out. Like that side profile where he's like almost like, I think what it, do you know what I think it is that everyone finds really creepy about this whole transforming into the gas mask thing? Really creepy because it, it looks like someone's vomiting and everyone, no one likes vomiting, do they? Yeah, it's like mouth trauma. Mouth trauma is horrible. Yeah, it's just not good. And it's, and it's the way it just comes out. And then, like, you know, those close ups. Of like they're great. Those close ups hold up to this day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, when it, he transforms, but obviously they don't linger on them a lot because obviously the budget was not there. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Just the way he says it is kind of annoying. And then, but he also makes it sound like it's a kink word. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey mummy. Yeah, especially because the only time you've ever really heard him speak is when he was like, you know, flirting with like, Jack. It's like there's a time and a place. Yeah. But also, 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 also. You know when Nancy's chained up to the table? Yeah. This is no insult to the actor who plays this character. Hmm. This soldier in this moment. So yes, Martin Hodgson who plays Jenkins. Um mm-hmm. again, Martin, nothing against you, mate. Um, but he just looks because he looks a bit weird. That when yeah. he's doing he's he's transforming, it just adds to how creepy it is. Yeah, yeah, it's a very strange scene. And it's the way she's like, I know what's happening to you, it's too late for you, you need to let me go, kind of thing. And she's like, you feel like something's coming up your throat, and da 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 And then he starts saying mummy, and it's like, the way his mouth kind of moves, and then, oh, blah, 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 disgusting. But also, Martin, I'm not saying you look disgusting, darling. Just saying it was a good piece of acting. It's a good piece of acting. I ha- I'm going to have a really, I want to have a really, can I have a really minor gripe? Because it just... Kind of made me laugh as I was watching it this time. Tell, t- tell everyone. To, tell all. You want, to, you want to hear me be petty? Um, tell. When when she breaks into the depot and she gets dragged off by the officer, and he's like looking through her stuff, and he go, yeah, he's like, it's like mm, wire cutters, very professional. It's like, but some guy just had them. Some like <laughs> just like in a bloke's garden shed. They're not that professional, are they? Yeah. Like, if she'd got them through, like, illicit means and he was like, oh, professionals and wire cutters, then I'd be like, oh, okay. But, like, just yeah, literally. Some, some bloke just seemed to get them out of his loft and give them to her. I'd hardly call that, like... Professional wire Professional, cutters, yeah. yeah. Just really made me from laugh. From Wilco, do you know what I mean? Obviously not from Wilco, no. <laughs> from, from Wilco. From Wilco come, to, come to Wilco, get your wire cutters with your rationing book. <laughs> please do voice acting. Oh, that's how all those adverts sound. No, but please do voice acting. It is though, right? That's how all those ads sound. Send job send job offers to the email in the show notes. Yeah, because I don't really know how to get into it or figure it out, and I'm too scared to do it. But if you send me offers, I will reply with a showreel of me doing silly voices. And you know what? I am Elliot's manager, so actually send me the email, and I will provide their details, and we can move forward. Colonel um... <laughs> Colonel Damler Parker. Yes, absolutely. um what is what is funny to me Mm -hmm. moving swiftly on what's funny to me is how obvious the twist is when it comes to nancy right because i never got it when i first watched it and like i literally never did i was like in shock i was like oh my god she's his mum but then when you look at it you're like oh damler it's so obvious they're literally, it's all about her. And the, and the thing is, are you my mummy? Like, hello. Yeah, I feel like it's kind of actually surprisingly quite well done. Oh, yeah, it is. Well, she's sort of, she's she's pitched at being sort of what, 21, but she sort of looks quite younger. And, you know, it's sort of, you get wrapped up so much in the adventure, I guess, that you don't sort of stop to question much. But then when you think about it, you know, it's a, uh, it's a twist, obviously, 
works in hindsight because you can put all the pieces back together and you go, oh yeah, yeah, no, actually that scans. It's actually pretty pretty well executed, I think. Yeah, it really is. Um, and I just love the the realization that happens because the doctor like chaos is happening. Absolute chaos is happening. And the doctor's focusing on Nancy because he's just realised what's happened. I love that whole realisation moment. I think it's really cool. And he's like, how old are you? Old enough to give birth, right? And then he's like, you know, teen mum in the middle of World War Two, Or 1940s Britain or something like that. I forget what he says, but I mean, damn. Again, kind of did feel like dialogue that could have been told to Rose. Yes, but I did like Rose's... I, I loved that the that um the editor kind of cut to Rose's reaction in that moment because she just genuinely hit her. You could see they really hit her where it hurts because obviously, you know, I'm sure she knows someone who's gone through that kind of thing. Maybe Shireen. Maybe Shireen did. Yeah. Shireen. Yeah, you know, you only need to... I mean, yeah, just her empathy and understanding of that kind of thing is just a woman in general. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's... Yeah. It's, it's, it's really difficult. sad, it's sad. It is sad, but I do love I, I do love that whole moment where he where he's like, you know, tell him. You should tell him. And then, you know. Oh, it does I'm not gonna lie, this this whole last bit does actually give me a bit of moish, like I can't lie. Yeah, I mean, it's a nice little bit of reconnection. I always leave with an, the biggest smile on my face. I do. Yeah, I, I do. mean uh, yeah, honestly and actually I think the wind down the wind down is really good. I love I love everybody lives. Yeah. You know, she's like, I'm so sorry. And then she, like, hugs him. Yeah, and then the nano jeans. And then you see the doctor going, come on. She's mum. Figure it out, figure it out. And then, like, they stop. And then he just goes, give me this. Just give me this. And then he takes the mask off. And his lovely, beautiful, cute little face. And you're just like, oh, yes, I'm so happy. (laughs) And it just makes me so happy. Yeah. And and then he picks him up and he's like, you've got 20 years till pop music. You're going to love it. <laughs> and the little hug he gives him, like the tiny little hug. Oh. <sighs> I, and then I love the, I love the, the old lady who shuffles. Oh, yeah. She's like, she's like, oh, my legs grown back. That was funny. That was funny. And then, and then, and then also Dr. Constantine's like, is it possible you miscounted them? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. There's a, there's a war on. Is it possible you miscounted them? <laughs> Brilliant, insane, but funny. But yeah, and I like that they. I like the uh, and I like the Captain Jack. Gets, he's the one who saves the yeah. day. He stops the bomb falling, and then you know, and then you see that sort of softening of nine, where he then returns the favor by saving him in the TARDIS. I mean, I'm going to say this now. The so when when Jack obviously takes on the bomb, and he's like, "How about I get in the escape pod and leave?" I love the way he's like trying to find a way to escape. Yeah. And then he doesn't, and then, you know, he's like, issue protocol 412 or something, and then, you know, he drinks his little drink, and he's talking about how he slept with his executioner in true Jack fashion. Brilliant. And then you just see that gorgeous, and I mean, this is 10 out of 10, this is 11 out of 10, this is 20 out of 10, that beautiful wire that just kind of pans along. Yeah. And then suddenly it reveals you're in the TARDIS. Fucking... Gorgeous. Yeah, it's really smart. It's beautiful. It's stunning. It's iconic. It's inspired. I love it. And probably intricate and difficult and annoying to build. But as well. it was beautiful. And then you just hear that music coming in. Oh, I love it! Oh, hang on. Hold on. Do you yeah, mind if we yeah. backtrack for two seconds? Yeah. I love, and I'm sorry if we're ta- I'm taking one of your quotes again, when he's like, you want moves, Rose? I'll give you moves. <laughs> and then he just goes, whoosh. Well, you can't see me, um, dear listener, yeah. but I'm throwing my hands. I'm thrusting them in front of me uh, towards no, I like, I like that. Elliot's face. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I like that. Yeah. And then, oh, it's just, it's it's the Doctor. It's great. It's lovely. It's Doctor Who. It's camp. It's lovely. It's great. Absolutely. Sorry, I just wanted to point that out. Ab- Continue, Fred. Absolutely. Yeah, and then I enjoy that they're having their sort of little waltz and Rose's getting really angry at the Doctor for not knowing how to dance. Like, she does so much, like, annoyed acting in this episode. and I love it. Yeah, she's just, like, she's really pissed at him. And then 
They have a little dance. But then the best bit is when it's like, I thought, you know, Jack could have this dance, Doctor. And he's like, yes, I'm sure he would. But with who? With who? And he's yeah. like, and you can, see, you can tell he's doing that thing where he's like, ayy. Yeah. And even like the, the little lights, the round doors in the TARDIS are flashing. Yeah, so they can like have a little party. And they party with having everybody live. I mean, it's really nice because it's a feel-good ending. Something I never really see people talking about, and I want to discuss it. I want to discuss it real quick. At the end, when the Doctor really cheekily is like, when she's like, oh, look at you beaming away like Father Christmas. And he's like, uh, well, who bought you that bike that when you were 12 or whatever? And she's like, what? Can you stop doing all of the lines? There are going to be none left. I'm sorry. <laughs> No, but like, isn't that like, well, why does no one talk about that? So do you think he just one day was like, he pu- he pulled an 11th Doctor, right? Not that he was <laughs> gonna, he had been the 11th Doctor yet, but he pulled an 11th Doctor, went to visit Leong Rose, gave her a bike and then fucked off. I mean, because I do love, yeah, I do love the way she says that. And she just goes, look at you beaming away like Father Christmas. Who says I'm not read by school when you were 12? I love and it. And she just goes, oh, uh, yeah, it's great. It's brilliant. And then obviously I imagine the young actress who played Rose in Father's Day and I'm like, oh, her little face. <laughs> no. Again, great yeah, casting. I mean, God. Yeah, yeah. Like I say, even if it's just like, uh, yeah. I want, I want it to be canon that the Doctor is Father Christmas. I love it. I love it yeah. so much. Um, it's very funny. So. So, that was the episode. But what, Daniel, was your standout moment? I think for me, it's where the train depot is. You know where. Um, you know, the nanogenes do their thing and they actually fix the problem and then, like, the doctor is like, just this once, Rose, everybody lives. I love it so much. It makes me really happy. That's my standout moment. So wholesome. What's your standout moment? I think mine might be... You know, honestly, uh, I think it might be the... I like the scare with the typewriter. It's a really good scare. Yeah, you got the, the little Dickensian boy... Writing a letter to his father, and then, yeah. If you're paying attention, you'll notice that he sat there, but the writing sound effect is still happening. It's great. But yeah, it's the little kid doing it. I really like that. It just it's it just always sends a little little chill down my spine, especially because the first one is kind of... The first one where they do that with the radio, which also I really like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, you know, they kind of do it with like a bit of a jump scare kind of thing, whereas like that's just a, a bit subtler. Do you know what I like about that scene as well? Now that you're talking about it, and I forgot to mention, when you can hear Dr. Constantine's little tape with... Um, well, see, that's the tape. Sorry. The tape. But like no, and, but when I, yeah. you hear him talking on the tape. Yeah. I love that little interaction because it's like his own little experiment. Yeah, it makes you feel more rounded. Yeah, yeah. So what's a moment that did not work for you? There isn't a moment that didn't work. I would say it's just the filler... I genuinely, I know that's not the correct answer that we usually go for on the pod, but for me, I actually genuinely can't think of a moment that didn't work. Like, because all the moments worked, I just don't think they were utilised correctly. Because this is filler. It's just a lot of filler, filler at the start. episode. Yeah. Yeah. Do you get yeah. what I mean? Is that allowed? Is that I, answer allowed? I will allow it. Thank you. You're very welcome. What about you then? For me, actually, it is a specific moment. Yep. It's a trope thing that I don't like, where when they're sort of talking about, I don't know, like the bomb falling, like the nanogenes, you know, they're talking about like, there's a, they they do a sort of generic, we've only got five minutes of the episode left, but the Doctor's like, you know, no, none of us are safe anymore, now it's in the air, we step outside, you know, we could die, and that's never relevant, and it doesn't feel like real stakes, but it feels like if you say a line of dialogue that sounds like stakes, it's meant to make you go, oh my god. <gasps> oh I my hate, god, I, yeah. I hate artificial stakes in things. So yeah, like much. if it was airborne, wouldn't Rose just be like, uh, uh, "Mummy, yeah, mommy. Like, yeah, so they're like it's, yeah, they're like it's airborne, yeah, and it doesn't mean anything. It's obviously not airborne, is it? Yeah, like I hate, I hate it when they artificially inflate the stakes. I agree. Yeah, that's annoying me actually. Things. I, I say that's yeah. mine. Do you know what? I'm yeah. gonna copy you. High five. High five. Both sides did just steal it, so <laughs> it's fine. Great minds think alike and all that. And all, all that. And all that, yeah. yeah. So, uh, what was your favourite line? I'm going to go for something rogue, but I really like it on reflection. Like I've never really noticed it before, but I remember in the episode when he said it, I was like, oh, I've never actually really clocked onto that, but I really like it. Okay. 
He's a 51st century guy. He's just a bit more flexible when it comes to dancing. I love that. We love the gay agenda. <laughs> yeah, and I just love the way that he can't say, yeah, he can't say what he wants to say, so he has to go dancing. What about you? I have gone for a different one tonally, which is when they are in the little basement thing uh-huh. and they figure out that Jack can speak to them through the radio. Yeah. When they figure out that Jack speaks to them through the radio, they have that little interaction. And I, I think it might be Rose... Who says it? Could be the doctor. I can't remember. They they sort of work it out, and then they go. They go. That means that means the child can speak to us, and then he just goes, and I can hear you. Oh, that's really. F- oh. Yeah, it's just like uh, I just like it's one of those times that you go like. Oh, really why good did you care. say that? See, look, that's even because it's, it's a good line. I will say another thing. I like. Can I have a secondary one? Because this made me laugh. You know, and they have in, a secondary one. You know, when they're in Jack's ship, and they're like, didn't look like talking. Didn't feel like dancing. <laughs> They're so catty. It's just catty and camp and okay. gorgeous. Well, then if I could have a... Yes. I mean, because you can still have the moment, even if it's conjoined with the line. I don't want to feel like I take the moment away from you. Go on. But, I mean, how can, how can you not love Rose? I just remembered. I can dance. I can dance. Don't... Copyright claim us. Thank you very much. Yeah, just a lovely little line. Yeah, it's lovely. I just love yeah. that last bit. It really puts a smile on my face and my head can as they all go and fuck afterwards. <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh, yeah. Or am I? But they definitely do. definitely do. <laughs> What's your most doctory moment? I know you're supposed to ask me that, but I really want to know. I really want to know. <laughs> okay. Oh, it's hard, actually, this week. Yeah, mine is... When, uh, when he's so happy that just everyone's alive and he's like for once it goes in the right way it's everyone is alive I'm so happy if I was like oh I don't want to pick the same one then I'd probably say that to be honest because it is great I think it might be uh, the whole Joey move throws on resonating concrete you assume I can't dance just that whole I don't know it's just the way, the way it's, it's kind of spiky but kind of flirty and playful and it's nice so, as you know, we always like to give the episodes a little little score just to gauge our overall feelings on it. When we do it for two-parters, we do our score for part one, our score for part two, and our score for the overall story. So, Damler, what would you give part one? The Empty Child. I'd give it a three out of five. I do, because I think it's a really good setup, And in some ways... It, it, I mean, it, it does what it needs to do, and I think it's it has some really funny little moments. Obviously, there are bits that we don't fully like, but at the end of the day, I think it does what it needs to do. What about you? I'm going to say three. Three, great. Love because that. Because there are... I was I was dancing uh, around giving it lower, <laughs> but there are... I'm thinking about episodes that I've given sort of lower scores to, um, and I just think that, like, it, it doesn't... It doesn't bore me. Part one doesn't bore me. It doesn't... It's overrated in the sort of fan pantheon of episodes, but, like, it's still not... It's not a bad episode, is it? Like, it's not the long game. Oh, God, yeah. You know, so I can't be too mad about it. What would you give for part two, the Doctor Dancers? Do you know what? I'd give it a three as well. I'll be really honest with you. I'll give it a three. I feel quite... This is one of those two parts where I feel really similar about part one and part two. Mm. Okay. Of the story. Like, I think it's genuinely a good story. I don't think it's perfect, but it's genuinely good and it just sits at the three for me. Both yeah. of them. Okay. Yeah. What about you? Two and a half. Two and a half. Fair. As, as you know, two and a half always sounds really low, but it's my exact halfway mark. It's what I view as in the middle. Yes. Okay. And I feel like it's slightly lower quality than the first half. I, I don't know, because there are some things that it does better. Like, it does the scares better, I think. But it also doesn't do... It does character worse yeah. in a lot of places. And it feels a bit sort of Scooby-Doo. And it, it bores me a lot more. This one this one feels more padded than the first one. There are elements that I wish I could take from this and put into episode one to make yes. one episode that is good. And they're both kind of... <laughs> Fine to okay, both of them, I think. Uh, and this one is definitely just okay. 
Oh, I was just going to say, also, guys, this is always out of five, just if you're not aware. We, we always do out of five. So your overall score, you said a three. Is that what it's plateauing out? For my overall score, though, I would give it a three and a half. Okay. Which sounds really silly, I know, because I've given it a three and a three, but then together, as a story, it's a three, and it just has that extra half point for me. Okay. Because it's iconic. It's very iconic. Mm, I, th- I, think, I, think a, I think a two and a half overall. Two and a half overall, fair enough. Like, if you're watching them together combined, it's a perfectly okay two part. Like, you know, separately they have their own merits, but together I think it makes something quite boring and weird and frustrating. Yeah. Separately yes. they have their own merits, but together they irritate me. Yes, that's how Which I know sounds really enough. weird, but yeah, it works worse as a two parter. Yeah, so. Well, there we there we go, guys. There we the go. First Stephen Moffat episode reviewed, and I settled on a two and a half, and that's me being fucking generous. So <laughs> get excited. <laughs> get excited. Um, <laughs> so that's our review of the Empty Child, the Doctor Dances, mainly the Doctor Dances, but also you know the whole the story as a whole. Tell us what you thought. Please email in. Let us know what you guys think. We'd love to hear. We'd love to. I feel like I'm begging. It sounds like I'm begging, doesn't it? But screw it, we'll, I have no we'll, shame. I have we'll no shame. Yeah, screw we'll it. Read it out. That's worth it, um, right? Just send, just send it over. We'll read it out. Um, please don't forget to maybe give us a little review on iTunes, on Spotify, on YouTube. We have YouTube now. Um, yeah, yeah leave, us some co- leave us some comments on the YouTube videos. Yeah, leave us some comments. Um... And make sure you are subscribed on all of the podcast listening apps, whether that's Apple, Spotify, again, YouTube. You can also email us, as we've said, at comealongpondpod at gmail.com. You can get in touch with us over on Instagram at comealongpondpodcast. And you can follow us on Twitter at comealongponddw if you have any comments, questions, queries. Harass us on social media. Harass us. Just do it. <laughs> just do it. I don't know. Who cares? Yeah. And tune in next week while we t- when we talk about Boomtown. We go to Cardiff, baby. We go to Cardiff, baby, and it gets interesting. Erotic? Sexy? Kinda. Kinda. That's a minefield. But yes, thank you so much for listening, guys. Really appreciate it, as always. Always. I mean, and as I have to say... Incidentally, thank you so much to all of you at home as well. One day someone will understand and find that funny, but in the meantime, it's just for me. It's just for you. It's also, just for thank me. thank you, Elliot, for joining me again. No, you know what? Thank you. No, thank you. No, thanks, thank you. No, bitch. Thank you. All right, yeah, fine. Cool. All right. <laughs> yeah, so it's been, lo- it's been lovely chatting to you, as always. I can't wait in the next one and we're so near the end we are so near the end of near series, the end one. Of series it's one it's very oh, terrifying wow. we i was gonna say we only have three episodes left but that's not true we uh you know if you want to count the the two parter as one bulk we've only really got two left to watch but of course absolutely. three episodes have come along pond absolutely but absolutely 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 but damla still has covid because it lingers for the week in between our recording break <laughs> Um, So she's not going to give you air from her lungs, but I'll give you air from my clean, uncovid-filled lungs. Yes. Yes. Oh, no. No, I don't want to give you COVID, no. She's done it now. (laughs) Bye for now. Thanks, guys. Tassie, bye. Bye -bye. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye now. Bye. Bye. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. 
And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.